Welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Champoli, APPA's News Director. Our guest in this episode is Kevin Kelly, General Manager of Massachusetts Public Power Utility, Groton Electric Light Department. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Good morning, Paul. So, Kevin, thanks for thanks for participating in the podcast. To get our conversation started, could you provide an overview of Groton Electric Light Department? Sure. Uh, I'll give you a few of the basics so the audience can uh, see how we fit in with the varying size of uh, APPA's membership. Last year was the first year we crossed over the 5,000 customer threshold. Groton covers 32 square miles of rolling hills northwest of Boston. Uh, we're up near the New Hampshire state line. I consider us one of the larger little public power systems in New England. Uh, last year, we had electric sales of $12.6 million. Uh, we've had kilowatt sales of around $72 million since 2005. We're in an area that has steady growth, but we're also seeing a steady improvement in the efficiency of all of our customers. The growth in town has been compensating for our efficiency improvements, which has resulted in flat sales for, for almost 20 years now, at least flat sales from a, a kilowatt hour point. Our average rate uh, increased to 17 cents per kilowatt hour last year uh, with the, the recent inflation that we've been seeing. Uh, for the previous four years, we were pretty close to 14 cents a kilowatt hour. Kevin, the, one of the main uh, reasons why I, I thought of uh, having you join our podcast um, is the fact that Groton Electric Light Department was recently recognized by APPA uh, with a Public Power Customer Satisfaction Award for providing um, excellent service to its community. So could you provide additional details on how the utility goes above and beyond in terms of its efforts to provide um, excellent customer service? I've always cared about customer service. So I guess I have to give some of the credit to my parents. You go all the way back to middle school, I had multiple paper routes. And all the way back in 1977, I was carrier of the year for, for one of those newspapers. And that award was primarily due to customer service. Then almost a decade after that, I was going to college for aerospace engineering. But that was cut short when the space shuttle blew up. I was when I was just over a year away from getting my bachelor's degree. And at that point, I went into the restaurant industry for the next 15 years. Now, if you're going to succeed in the restaurant industry, customer service is key. So I've put strong, strong focus on customer service. And then I started having kids. Now, with kids, I figured I needed to move away from working evenings and weekends. So I sold off the restaurants that I had started, and I began looking for a different career path. Now, when I came across the uh, opening for an office administrator for Groton Electric Light, I, I saw a path forward. I got hired for that position, and then I acquired a master's in power systems from Worcester Polytech Institute, which is near here. And then I became the manager here about 15 years ago. Customer service has always been our focus. From the top down, I care about customer service in who I hire. I care about customer service and how we train our employees. And I push customer service each and every day. Now, one of the things I've been doing since I became manager is I set a goal with our line staff of replacing 200 poles a year. We have over 5,000 poles in Grant. And when I became manager, 
There were many from the 1930s. So for the last 15 years, we've been aggressively hardening our coal. And combined with Hendrick's spacer cable, that's our mainstay, our pool line is very soft. Now, this really helps in storm. Last winter, there were multiple wet snowstorms. And because of our hardened pool line, our reliability far exceeds the investor-owned utilities that surround us. Now, one of the things I do on our town chat line after storms is I tell the people of Granton, our customers, how many of our neighbors are still out of power when I'm sending our line through home. Now, some may consider that self-serving, but there's no way for our customers to know how good they have it unless someone tells them. So I try to communicate that to them regularly. Now, on the same chat line on the town Facebook page, we regularly post our electric rates compared to the neighboring investor-owned utility. And that helps our customers to understand how low our rates are. Unless we tell them, there's no way for them to know that their bill is less than half what it would be outside of town. And another thing, our staff is excellent, and they actually answer our phone. Our customers receive a live person all the time, unless it's after hours. And then the calls get transferred to our local police dispatch. I want a person who cares answering each and every phone. Even though I love technology, we've totally stayed away from an automated phone answering system. One follow-up question, if I could. I mean, you, you mentioned your participation in the town chat line. You know, that strikes me as, as a perfect example of the power of public power uh, in, in terms of connections with its communities, uh, you know, as opposed to other, you know, investor-owned utilities, for example. Absolutely. I mean, we have to communicate it because nobody else is going to do it. Right. And, and, and another question that, that jumps to mind. Uh, so with respect to the APPA recognition, you know, it's probably safe to say that your customers are, are aware of, of how good you guys are in terms of customer service and, and maintaining customer excel excellence. Are, are you guys going to make any kind of effort to, to uh, highlight the fact that you, you receive this award? Absolutely. I mean, it, I, I consider this a, a pretty, uh, pretty good reward, especially since there were only two of them given out in the country last year. Right before the uh, interview, one of my uh, office staff brought in the, the newspaper that comes out every Friday. We're right on the front page of the newspaper. So in addition to the chat line and local Facebook, we're, we're always trying to communicate with the press. We're in the local newspaper. But it's nice when you have headline on your local newspaper, Geld wins national award for customer satisfaction. And that just, that's, that's a great feeling. So you reference some uh, awards from last year. What 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 specifically does that reference? Well, I guess since it's already passed, that's why I said last year. <laughs> right, so right, right. I guess for the year 2023, that there were only two of those awards given out. Um, right. Yeah. That, that that's what I meant by last year. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And, and so just to pivot real quick, uh, in terms of other news involving um, Groton, the utility and Delorean. Power in November unveiled two battery energy storage facilities that will be developed for the utility. Could you provide additional details on the facilities and, and how they'll benefit the utility and its customers? I believe energy storage is going to be one aspect of our electric future. 
I believe it's going to be necessary for shifting electric load, and it, it, they enable us to help match the generating abilities of the region with the load needs of our customer. But with any new technology, there's a huge risk. What's going to be the dominant technology in five years, in 10 years? Will they be able to dispatch those batteries during peak hours? How long are the batteries going to last? So I was very hesitant to put our capital on the line. So we entered into a profit-sharing agreement with DeLorean Power. So for every $100,000 in documented cost savings that we get, in effect, lowering our bill with ISO New England, we're going to be paying them a substantial percentage of those savings. So hopefully, we're going to have significant savings due to this arrangement, and we're taking no capital risk. I think it's, it's huge that we're putting zero capital on the line and we're going to save our customers hundreds of thousands of dollars. In terms of kind of the, the storage landscape moving forward, I mean, obviously you're doing two as opposed to, to one of these projects. Is there any thought at this point in terms of, of the utility perhaps uh, adding additional storage facilities at some point down the road or kind of too early to say at this point? Well, ab- absolutely. We're, we're already in discussion on, on a third one. Okay. Um, one of the reasons uh, we did two instead of one here is at the same time I was I was talking to uh, DeLorean about putting one at our substation, the local elementary school was getting rebuilt. Okay. So we kind of took the opportunity to say, okay, let's replace the diesel backup generator at the, at the new elementary school with a battery. Part of it is like we were going to be doing one and then the timing just worked out worked out perfectly uh, at our uh, at new construction in, in our town for uh, the second one being basically the backup generation at a new elementary school. I see. Okay. So, so Kevin, for my last question, I kind of want to zoom out and, and take a, a broader look at Grotney Utility and, and the New England region. What do you see as some of the biggest energy-related challenges facing the New England region? How is your utility well-positioned to successfully meet these challenges? Well, our region faces huge challenges. There's plans to electrify heating and electrify transportation. If those plans are to come forward, the region has huge generation and transmission challenges. Now, unfortunately, we can't do much about those, but there is one challenge we're embracing head on. Uh, in the past, we had a socialized flat rate for the cost of electricity. Now, I think the flat rate is, is a huge challenge for the way we do business. Our customers had no incentive to use electricity when it was cheaper, and they had no incentive to minimize their electric use when it was more expensive. Now, we were one of the first utilities in New England with a two-way meter reading system. So I have hourly data on all of our customers for about 15 years now. With having that data, we started initially experimenting with time of use rates about 10 years ago. And we had some optional ones, and, and we tried a couple of different things. And then we got really serious about time of use rates about five years ago. Now, after years of testing and optional programs, we went almost exclusively to residential time-of-use rates this fall. Back in September, our board retired our flat residential rate, leaving the time-of-use rate as, as our primary rate. 
Now, we have a, a large variance between the off-peak and the peak rate to encourage our customers to use the electricity in those off-peak times and to discourage them from using electricity during the peak time. So 20 hours a day, our rates are half what they were just three, three, four months ago. Now, looking at keeping things simple and consistent over the year, we chose the peak times between 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. I chose one peak window um, for the year. For us, our peak window in the summer and the peak window in the, the winter is different, and it's shorter than four hours, but I, have a, I feel very strongly about keep it simple. If it's not simple, the customers aren't going to understand it, and if the customers aren't going to understand it, they're not going to change their behavior. Now, through a few years of testing the rates and a lot of communication over the past few years with our customers, we can actually see a flattening of our load curve at the substation. Now, New England tends to have a, a high evening load with a, a two-hour peak. It's a very regular curve. Now, we're, we're different from them. Um, you can actually see our load increasing at 3 o'clock because we've talked to people about in the summer pre-cooling their houses and in the winter pre-heating their houses before the peak hours. So our load increases beginning at 3 o'clock. And then it levels off and stays relatively flat till nine o'clock. So we have a six hour plateau instead of a two hour peak. Now, not having that high peak, that saves the rate payers of the town significantly in both capacity and transmission costs. Quick follow up. If you're a public utility that's listening to this episode and you're not using time of use rates, would you recommend that at least be looked at? I personally would. I just did uh with your rate design group. We we put out our our PowerPoint on uh the last all the things we've been doing. If anybody wants to contact me, it's just kp kelly at grattonelectric.org. I love sharing what we we're doing. I I love I love doing what I've been doing. Yeah. I've been doing it. I'll share the powerpoints. We'll share the data. One of the things that we did. In our last pilot a couple of years ago, we actually teamed up with some academics. We had a, a doctorate in economics who actually helped us with it so that it wouldn't just be what I thought. It would kind of like have an independent uh, look. And it, it's it's exciting when you see the load at the load shape changing at the substation. And I mean, if we can save 300 grand a year, that that's a new bucket truck. I mean, I I'll take a a new bucket truck every day over just giving ISO New England more money. Right. Right. All right. Well, I appreciate your your offering to to answer questions to the to the broader public power community. I think that's hopefully one of the values of, of this podcast is that there's that interchange of information. So I appreciate that. So one thing I actually wanted to to mention just as a follow-up for our listeners based on on the earlier question about the customer satisfaction award, I just wanted to point out that your utility was one of two gold award winners um, and the the awards were uh, unveiled in November. And anybody who wants to get additional details on the announcement um, related to the awards, that is available on APPA's website under its news section. So with that, Kevin, thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to, to speak with us. It's been a really informative conversation. We'd love to have you back at some point next year where we could talk about this, and I'm sure we'll have other topics we could talk about. Well, great talking to you. Thanks a lot, Paul. Sure thing. Thanks again, Kevin.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Public Power Now, which is produced by Julio Guerrero, graphic and digital designer at APPA. Public Power Now will be taking a break for the holidays, so our next episode will be posted on Monday, January 8th. I'm Paul Schimpoli, and thanks again for listening to us. <laughs>